Welcome back to Disruptive AF, your edge of innovation right here. I'm telling you what, it's almost feeling like a winning Wednesday in case you have not been with us on a winning Wednesday because we got some real champions here today. I'm not kidding you right here. We got the winners, the victors of Spark Tank 2022 with us right here. Yes, that's right. The geniuses, the people, the brains behind making great things happen. Yes, we truly do. Not only do we have the winners right here, Brent Kenny. Here, Arc hey, Water, doing? Spark 2022. But uh, but also his great, very astute friend as well, Matthew Connolly, as well. Gentlemen, uh, listen. Not first off, congratulations. I mean, this is a huge, huge accomplishment to not only be the winners of Spark Tank, but also uh, to be really the, the victors of bringing this idea, what was an idea, all the way to fruition, and now running the idea of scaling it really everywhere it needs to go. I mean, that's huge. So first off, let's let's start off introductions. Uh, we got uh, Brent. Let's let's start with you because I, I spoke with you first, uh, and then we'll head over to Matthew um, first. Where are you from? What got you introduced uh, to the innovation space? And, and, uh, and man, what's, uh, what lit off this whole Arcwater um, project idea uh, drive motivation? Sure, Tiger. Thanks. Uh, first, just want to say uh, thanks for, for having us on the show today. Uh, super privileged to, to have this opportunity to kind of share this story and this journey of uh, Project Arcwater. Um, so I'm from uh, the 52nd Civil Engineer Squadron in Spangol Air Force Base. I've uh, been in the Air Force uh, just over 18 years now. And uh, Project Arcwater has really been, uh, it's been about a three-year labor of love, uh, really getting it to where it is today. Um, it started as just an idea or a concept. Uh, I was at my last unit, the 53rd Air Traffic Control Squadron at Warner Robins, Georgia. And um, we were one of the units that were tasked with recovering um, the airfield at Tyndall Air Force Base after Hurricane Michael destroyed it. So we had a small team that was on a C-130 and they flew around behind the, air, the eye of the hurricane and uh, they landed and reopened the airfield there. But it didn't take very long to realize that like the UTCs, uh, the, the amount of fuel and, and the supplies that we had taken uh, weren't going to last very long due to the damage to the infrastructure and the ability just to even find diesel to keep the mission going. So that's kind of where uh, one piece of of the idea for arc water came from um and so as we end up having to ship like literally load a tractor trailer's worth of diesel fuel from middle georgia and drive it all the way down to florida to keep the mission going so that was kind of really what sparked this idea off wow. about three years ago and, and and we're still uh you know as we keep moving forward we're still looking to figure out how we can grow and make this better so yeah that's oh my gosh man that that is I Honestly, that's absolutely wild because it, I, I firmly believe that this, the basis of innovation is most of the time out of necessity. It's not like we just sit around saying, oh, oh man, I wonder if we can come up with a great idea. Like <laughs> that's, that's at least been my experience of, man, like there is an actual problem and we really have to get after this right now. We got to come up with a solution. Uh, so with us also is, uh, is your good friend, partner in crime, I suppose, is, uh, is Matthew Connolly as well. Uh, Matthew. 
uh, if you wouldn't mind, man, tell us a little bit about your experience as well. I know that you you guys have, have seen uh, uh, a lot through this process. And just even before the show, before we started recording, you were sharing some of the some of the uh, awesome challenges that take place <laughs> in bringing a great idea across yeah, the finish line. Yeah, challenges is an understatement. So, Giant, <laughs> thank you, Trigger, for having us on the show today. We really appreciate it. Um, so where do I come into this whole story? Well, uh, my name is Matt Conley, Innovation and Transformation uh, Office. So I run innovation for the entirety of the 52nd Fighter Wing. So that's 10 locations in five countries. So roughly uh, 5,000 people uh, in terms of jurisdiction. And it is one heck of a job. There are so many wonderful ideas out there in the space that are percolating along our airmen. And then there's so many of them that get so much energy and they come, they come to me and they're like, hey, I got this great idea. It needs to go Air Force wide, preferably yesterday. Uh, we need you to help yeah. me out with that. And it's like, cool, we'll put it on the pile, right? Yeah. And so as a matter of fact, that's where but me and Senior Kenny's stories kind of weave together because he was in one of my Greenbelt classes and I was teaching a uh, week-long class and I had no idea. I, in the classes, I make sure we lateralize, you know, everyone's in civilian clothing. We're all on first name basis kind of deal. And there's this, 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 this quiet gentleman just sitting there and he's absorbing this information. He's asking questions. And I didn't know he was a senior master sergeant until roughly, I want to say it was like Thursday or Friday timeframe. But one of the days he comes at the end of class and then he says to me he's like you know what i got this idea i want to i want to pick your brain on it and so we ended up talking we ended up talking and before you know it it's like five or six o'clock in the evening because there was so much to explain there was so much depth and you know what i said i think we got something here this thing is legitimate and so we we this was this was about a year ago i would say slightly more than a year ago at this point and uh, since that time, we, 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 we sat down and we did through this huge curation process where we, where we took all of these interdependent factors, we wrote them all down, and then we, 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 we tried to make sense of this hugely complicated interdependent thing, and then we turned it into a project. And then that project, we're like, let's go ahead and shoot for the stars over here. And, and that's essentially when we put it through the, uh, through the spark tank one, I worked, uh, the Viper kit last year. I was the, uh, I was the project manager for that one as well. Wow. And that one also was the fan favorite of spark tank last year. Um, so I had a lot of experience from that, but that yeah. really helped snowball this one, uh, yeah. into the success that it is today. Yeah. Did you, did you find that your experience from the previous year helped, to be able to formulate and kind of understand and identify, yeah, this is pretty much how you need to do this. Like, this is how we need to word it. This is how we need to focus on it. Partially. 100%. That, is, that is a very good question because last year, just about everything we did was virtual. And so there was a certain human element that was missing. But this year, because it was in person, we had to incorporate yeah. psychology and sociology into the mix. And so a lot of what we did with the script and the practicing and all this, it was, it was, it was very... Uh, I would say that we, we, we definitely spent a lot of time on audience analysis. We definitely spent a yeah. lot of time on visual cues, these certain things, even the color schemes, like the way those, those things were designed, it was very specific. So yeah. there was a lot of energy poured into it. I would even say we spent uh, like the, the primary bulk of the message was done pretty early. It's pretty obvious. We need water. We need power. Yeah. But when it comes to curating those little things that make the hook for our decision makers to say, you know what, this is what we need. This is what's important. That's what took the most amount of time. But that's why we're here as innovation managers, right? Wow. That's uh, that. Yeah. That, yeah. That, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Absolutely. 
No, I was going to say, like, the, you know, I don't think Matt gives himself enough credit because uh, there is no way that project would have ended up the way it did without him, like, literally tweaking everything. And he was so, like, uh, encouraging. And we would go through, I don't know how many iterations we made of that pitch. And uh, I always, I kind of make a joke. It was like uh, Morpheus and Neo from The Matrix when he first, you know, they start to fight and, you know, Morpheus whips his rear end and then he's like, again. It was kind of like that. It was kind of like that with Matt. I would get to the end of the pitch, and he'd be like, "You know what? That was really, really good, but let's do it again." You know. And so uh, I was like, "You're killing me." Uh, he's probably got one heck of a blooper reel. I'm sure he's going to put together one day. Um, oh my gosh! And, but, I do have a very funny amount of bloopers. Yeah, that's too funny. Yeah, that's, that's too I'll, funny. I'll never forget the. I'll never forget the day I approached Matt. You know, after the after the green belt class, and there was a whole lot of dry race boards and white markers going on, and talking about how all this fits together, and you know, really what the overall impact that that, that really just shoot for the stars, the potential of, of what this could bring to to the Air Force, and, and to see it come to fruition. Yeah, you know, just two two guys, you know, who who had a dream and believe and believe in each other. You know, we become really good friends over this and we've met a lot of super awesome people along the way so yeah it's been, been one heck of experience yeah so uh, i i gotta i gotta take it back a second so did you this has happened really in the last mm, i don't know two years two years for the most part for you guys in the sense of realizing spark tank working through that realizing what's pay, what's possible what you can do and then driving forward with this innovation mindset uh in the sense of like going for a competition or something like that let's rewind back to like eight-year-old eight-year-old uh brent and and eight-year-old michael and and did you in your mind were you like you know what i'm a problem solver this is just what i do like i'm really really good at this or is this something that you just have kind of stepped into out of seeing the necessity around you and around uh where you're at and what you're doing you know what what kind of what kind of morphed into that because there's some people's like ah you know, there's been a lot of interviews where where i talk to people and they say oh, i've always you know always kind of been a problem solver and then every now and then i find somebody who's like no i actually hate solving problems but this was so glaring i had to do it <laughs> you know what, what what where where is that for you guys yeah no i think definitely for me like uh my dad would probably tell you quite a few stories um i was that kid who took apart all his drills and saws and uh you know vacuum i always just had a curiosity for how things work and i think you know kind of that 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 curiosity is what's grown into you know solving problems and, and trying to figure out how do we tackle these these issues that we're dealing with in the air force not just today but in 10 years from now you know the our leadership talk about the air force of 2030 and what that looks like and so i think it, you know as we continue to breed that that curiosity right of how does this work and how do we make this better um that's something that we need to give our airmen uh this exposure and i think that's one of the the really things about this whole process is about a week or two after i got back i had a senior airman uh in one of my shops and that probably never even really had a conversation with the young man I uh, hadn't been here that long and he just showed up in my office and he's like, Hey, senior, you got a second? He said, I have this idea I want to share with you. And I think just breeding that, you know, breeding that courage to say, Hey, I've got an idea and I think it can make an impact. And so for me, I think just always having that curiosity was, was, you know, really what kind of helped me evolve into say, how do we do this better? Essentially. Yeah. 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 My Michael, what about you? So Matt on this end, but uh, that being said, uh, in, my, in, in my particular case, it was kind of, I, I don't know if I was a problem solver, but back when I was, a, when I was a staff sergeant, I was as cynical as they come. 
I was convinced that the Air Force was never going to change. And it was just so silly. And like the 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 bureaucracy wins every time. So don't yeah. even fight it. Just be part of the bureaucracy. You're yeah. actually better off that way. And I I went to a uh, I went to a five six meeting, which was the the, the was one of those groups over there, yeah. and they uh, they had a speaker that was talking about networking. And uh, I remember this gentleman; his name was AJ Keel. I want to say he's a he's a chief over in Delaware uh, for the fire department over there these days. And he gave a beautiful speech, and he captivated the crowd. And I thought, you know what? I really like. I need to introduce myself to this gentleman. So I go up and introduce myself, and I didn't have much to offer, right? I uh, I said, you know, I do a little bit of SharePoint, and you know. I, I'd be happy to help you out. I really liked how you did your thing. And then he said, why don't you come to problem identification training? And so I go to problem identification training, make a long story short, a few weeks later, and the scales fell from my eyes. I realized that the Air Force had a framework to make things better. And I thought, why are we not doing this? And so I devoted my entire life at that point, everything from my education to the books that I read to you name it, all in the service of innovation management. I'm, I'm, I'm working on a doctorate in innovation management. I love it that much. And so, wow. and, and the fact that I'm working in the Air Force, which is a very special environment because it's a nonprofit environment, right? The incentive structure is entirely different than what would be in the commercial world. And so it makes for a wonderful playground to try things out because it's okay to fail because it's, you know, we're, we're, we, we our, our paychecks aren't dependent on the thing. So we've got a little bit of flexibility there. Um, and so that just means that we've got to figure out how to work this curious system, which is why psychology and sociology plays a huge part in the whole thing. But yeah. I guess that's, that's in the long story is just, I found my calling in life. And then whenever we, when, whenever I can apply that to a project as wonderful as what Brent has in his, uh, what he had in his head uh, when he went to the Greenbelt class, you know, that's, all the better it's just beautiful material to work with yeah yeah man that this the psychology part that you're talking about of of no kidding diving into being able to help people better understand and better mm, not even just understand but wrap their mind around uh i say this often i'll say it again i feel like i say it literally every single week and every single episode but i'll say it again Realizing that it's not just about the product, it's the process and and enjoying the process and realizing, you know, today, today it's arc water. Uh, maybe arc water continues however long, but, but what is the next thing that's going to take arc water's place that is like the next major thing? If all we do is value the product and we don't value the process, which enabled us to be able to get there, then we're getting focused in my perspective on the wrong thing. But to me, this is always, always about the mentality, the psychology of exactly what you're talking about, of getting people to get into this mind space of prioritizing what is actually valuable and what's actually really important. Matt, have you found that that's been a problem uh, previously? Uh, partially. Par partially, right? Because it's very difficult for, I mean, to, we are tasked with changing culture in the innovation yeah. office. Now, culture yeah. means, do you know who, who, who does culture? Every single one of us, which means 617,000 individuals in our United States Air and Space Forces contribute to culture. Right. And so that's an awful lot of minds to change. And sometimes we're looking at generational time scales. We're looking at 10 years, 20 years to change a mentality of a certain thing. Like this isn't your grandfather's Air Force kind of deal. Um, and so it's going to take us a little bit of time. And so the question we need to ask ourselves as an Air Force is, is innovation a goal or is it a dream? 
Because if it's a dream, we can say all the beautiful platitudes we want. You know, right. we can talk about how we want things to be better. The good idea fairy will sit on the shoulder and say nice things. But if it's a goal, then we have to do certain things. And that means to get serious about our innovation management craft. It is beyond project management. It is beyond just the study of psychology. It is beyond the study of sociology. It is, it is legitimately complex systems theory, adaptive complex systems theory at work. Yeah. And we can do that here in our Air Force. And there's a, there's a beautiful book about it. It's by a gentleman named, named uh, Dr. Bean Maui. And he writes a book called The Experiment That Succeeded, which actually was about AFWorks. And inside that book, they detail the incentive structure that oh, we yeah. have to work with. Now, that incentive structure, in Matthew's opinion, in my opinion, is the mental baseline that we have to work with within our United States Air Force. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's the key right there. So if we crack that nut, then this is how we're going to get innovations through. Yeah. Okay. So, so, just, so funny you talk about Beam. On. So funny you talk about Beam. He was, he was, he was uh, the one that launched this ability to be able to do disruptive AF. Shout out to Beam. Doc Beam, thanks so Shout much. Shout out to Beam. <laughs> it's awesome. Hey, stick with us, right? This segment number one. But when we get back, we're going to be diving into what is our quarter? Uh, what is the goodness of the brains that made this happen? Why was it the winner? And what's coming up next right here? Disruptive AF with the winners. These guys right here. Thanks for being with us at the Edge of Innovation. Stick with us. We are back, Disruptive AF, your edge of innovation with the Spark Tank Winners 2022 Arc Water. Got Matthew and Brent with us, who's been telling us, honestly, just the the the, the expanse, the background of of what it has taken to be able to take this idea, what is an idea, and the culture surrounding it and the ideology behind surrounding it. And some of the stuff I've loved that you've even talked about thus far is this, this the importance of the psychology of Really, we're talking about human performance, human capital. How do we value our mindset? How do we shepherd our mindset to enable things just like what you guys have done to take an idea that is so critically important, which we're getting ready to dive into. I love these pictures. I love the story of what, of what Arcwater is because it does exactly that. It shows this mindset, the psychology, the drive. How do you take this idea, cultivate a space that enables people to run after it and then make it an example, an exemplar, if you will, a, a lighthouse on the hill, gentlemen, if you, <laughs> if you will, a shining example of what it can be. Uh, so it's, it's really exciting. And, and, you know, as you were, as you were sharing and talking about what this, uh, where this came from, uh, uh, Brent, if you want to jump into it and kind of share this first photo is, I mean, this really tells the whole picture from the, from the get go. Yeah, you know, I kind of, kind of front loaded the, the conversation, but, you know, when we got to Tyndall, um, you know, we, we really didn't have the infrastructure nor the support to, to find the fuel. So um, all we had was what we brought with us. Uh, turns out the closest fuel was almost 100 miles away. And so we end up having to load a tractor trailer full of nothing but fuel barrels and drive them uh, from middle Georgia down there to, to kind of keep that mission going in, in the first initial week that we were down there trying to do that recovery. And so, uh, like I said, I was part of a, a, a mobile air traffic control squadron. And this is, to me, is one of, this is going to go on my wall in my house forever. Um, yeah. It was a photo that they took on the airfield of, you know, of the gators. That's their, their, their spirit animal, if you will. 
yeah. um, the fighting Gators, but this is them doing doing their work, you know, in, in the middle of this catastrophe uh, and, and trying to reconstitute the um, kind of reconstitute the base there. And so the whole idea behind Arcwater was how do we how do we reduce this logistical footprint? Right. I know two things about fuel and water. They're heavy and they take up a lot of space. Yeah. And so every time we have to go, uh, you know, I had a tagline that we used in spark tank, you know, especially about fuel was we have this bad habit for 18 years. I've been in the, in the power production business of, you know, setting up power plants and electrical grids. And we have this bad habit of, we, I, I say it, we buy fuel to fly fuel, to transport fuel, just to burn that fuel. Yeah. So does diesel actually cost us for, well, now five, $6 a gallon in some places, but is that what the air force really pays for it? And I say no, right. Because by the time we, it actually gets to the cylinder to the point of injection and, and ignition, like how much, you know, how many man hours, how much transportation, you know, how much time went into getting that fuel there. And so that was kind of the, in the same for water. Uh, there's been a ton of studies that have been done, you know, of, of lives that have been lost just in, in you know, in previous uh, conflicts and just trying to move water from point A to point B. And so how do we, how do we get our head around this big idea that not just in the power production business, but, you know, uh, the Air Force as a whole, um, you know, how do we get our head around it and tackle this idea? And so this was yeah. where, you know, I kind of, the whole idea kind of kicked off. And then uh, not too long after uh, there was an AFWorks, never heard of AFWorks. Didn't, you know, I saw it on the portal. Oh yeah, this was a great photo. Uh, the captain that was our, our commander on the ground actually took this photo. This was the first uh, F-22. They had to abandon 14 F-22s due to the hurricane. And uh, this was one of the first ones that uh, actually left the airfield uh, after the evacuation. So That's awesome. Um, yeah, it was, that picture, it was, that's amazing. Know, it, it is. It gives me goosebumps every time I see it. So the, uh, but, you know, it was like, I, I never even really heard of AFWorks, you know, it's like, how, did, how does this come to fruition, you know? And so using kind of those processes that were in place, you know, the solar piece um, of, you know, we kind of went two pieces, arc, like electrical arc and kind of the water, the water piece of it, um, you know, and we used that, that whole AFWorks infrastructure. Um, and, you know, we had a funded, uh, funded Cibber phase two uh, with a company out of Brooklyn, New York called Pavilion. Uh, they're the ones that make this solar fabric and went to a pitch and heard it. And, you know, I, I was, you know, you were talking about that culture earlier and I'll be honest, I was kind of in the nay, right? Like the naysayer, like this isn't possible because I did, I hadn't really understood how far that technology had caught up. Uh, you know, I'm used to seeing, you know, the little sales flyer ads, you know, get your 10 foot by 10 foot, hundred watt solar amp, you know, solar panel. It's enough to run a run a light bulb essentially, yeah. and this guy's telling me that you know these things can make enough you know make enough energy to to you know yeah. kind of run the mission. Yeah. And so you know I had a million and one questions, and I blew this guy's shorts up after after his pitch, you know, and he was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa slow down, hang on." Uh, he's like, "I'm I'm just the pitch guy." He's like, "Let me get you in contact with uh, the 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 CEO of the company." So after speaking with them, you know that was kind of how this whole thing kicked off, and. Uh, you know, and to really, I guess, lead into that culture change, right? My commander at the time, I, I went to him and said, hey, this is, you know, I've got this idea I think we can use to save some fuel. And uh, he was like, you know what? I'm going to put you on orders. I'm going to fly you to Brooklyn, New York. You're going to go to this company and you're going to see if this is legit. And, you know, to have that kind of confidence, you know, in your yeah. leadership to say, hey, 
I believe in you, you know, and that really set it all for me. Uh, the rest was history. You know, he empowered me to make those decisions, you know, not just for my shop or, you know, but for the squadron. And, and yeah. that's really kind of what kicked that whole thing off. So it's really, really interesting. Wow. That's, that's, uh, man, that's amazing. That's amazing. And that's one of the things as you, as you, as you really touch on that, having a champion, having somebody, having leadership, somebody who's like, listen, go, just go do it. I remember back, uh, Colonel Gentile at the time, he was our vice wing commander when we were having a whole, a whole bunch of aircraft issues, stuff going on. And that was really the, that was the launching point for us standing up the spark. So he was like, listen, you got a month to go figure out what we're going to do about this, that, you know, how we're doing academics and whatnot. But it was that launching point. It was a champion, somebody saying, hey, I believe in you, but you need to come back with an answer. <laughs> you need to come back yeah. with something. It's a great feeling, but it's like, uh, it's like a, it, it's the reality of the situation uh, uh, of realizing there's something more to it. So in that process, you, you found out essentially, I mean, there, yeah, there's something to it. There was something yeah, to 100%. it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I went there and, and really it was a partnership, right? And, you know, I think that's kind of the neat thing is getting to reach out to the civilian sector. And, you know, I told him, I said, hey, this is who I am and this is what I do for the United States Air Force. And I think you've got something that can really help us make an impact and change the way we do business in the Air Force, um, you know, on a holistic concept. And, you know, when I came back with that, you know, um, and even even the uh, some of the other pieces that come to Arcwater, you know, I've talked a lot about the the solar piece. But what you see here is an atmospheric water harvester. Uh, it's made by a company called uh, Garin. Uh, they're based out of California. And this box will actually make, you know, in, in the right conditions, we can make up to about 30 gallons of, of drinkable water out of the humidity in the air alone. Um, on top of that, it also has a reverse wow. osmosis system. Yeah, I know, right? It's really impressive. And if you, wow. I know it kind of looks big in the picture, but this is a three foot by three foot by four foot box. Um, and I know there's a few other, a uh, few other photos you had loaded, but inside of that box, not only does it have the atmospheric water harvester piece, it also has a reverse osmosis piece. So we can use any, any water source that's available, whether that be salt water, pond water, stream, uh, any, any water source that we can find, uh, and we can make up to 400 gallons a day just on that alone. And the really unique thing about this is it has its own power system on board and it can operate autonomously. Uh, if you're just using the RO system, you can uh, go up to about 14 days before you have to recharge this thing. Um, and so, so yeah, this is the same interesting. This is that same thing in the picture right now. Yeah. Yeah. These are, these are all pictures. So um, we actually went back to, so I guess I'll close the loop on the story. So, when I PCS from Robbins to Spangolum, they actually said, hey, what do you know about being light, lean, and lethal? And so I was like, how much time do you have? I just spent like five <laughs> or six years doing this because uh, we had you know, deployed all over the world and yeah. uh, from my last unit. And so uh, you know, I kind of started to bring this, the concept to fruition, right? So I've got my solar piece. I've got that power that I needed. And I was like, how do I close the loop on this with water? So if you go to the AFWorks site and meet a cat card, but you can actually mm. download an Excel sheet and it'll show you every project that's out there and what phase that they're in. And there are thousands of them. And so I downloaded the Excel sheet. I hit control F, I typed in W A T E R and I hit enter. And there were, uh, at the time there was only about three or four companies that came up. And so I did my research and once again, I just picked up the phone. It had the number and the contact information. And I literally straight cold called uh, the Gyrene, the company that makes this. 
uh, out of California. And I said, Hey, wow. uh, this is who I am. This is what I'm trying to do. And I think you guys have the, the magic sauce that we need to, to actually close the loop on this concept. And so, uh, and the, they were super excited. And so we actually submitted for another funded phase two and, wow. uh, a year and some change later, we still hadn't gotten a decision on, yes, they were going to fund it. No, they weren't. So I got tired of waiting and I just went to my group commander, my wing leadership. And I said, Hey, I need you guys to help me right here. It is, you know, I'm going to stand in the batter's box and take a swing at this. And they were kind enough that they, you know, they, they got on board and we used uh, last year's uh, what was left over from the wings, uh, squad, uh, SIF funds, innovation funds. And we actually, did a, a phase three purchase, which is basically a sole source or, you know, direct to, to, uh, the company and purchase the, the water harvester. Wow. Wow. So you, so the, because I realized sometimes I've, the whole phase one, phase two, like it's that one of the awesome things about the whole process of, of kind of the reformation of how the air force uses sipper and what we do with sipper. One of the awesome things about that is it is absolutely open the pathway in the pipeline. Uh, one of the sometimes frustrating thing is, is as AFWorks has been building up, you know, manpower and, and women power to be able to support this. Uh, sometimes it does take a little bit longer, but, and, and we yeah. found ourselves in the same situation where we were like, man, uh, we're just gonna, we're gonna have to move out on this and we're gonna have to find a way forward. <laughs> we're, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna have to find a way forward because as you were talking about, it was a necessity at this point. And that's, that's really, I mean, some of the things that we're seeing just from these photos. So this is the, this is the reverse osmosis side of this, which yeah. the, the capabilities of it, I mean, are amazing as you're describing that of, of being able to recharge, being able to, to reuse. I mean, this is really a standalone capability. And then this next picture really is really interesting. Is this the whole kind of the whole package of how this is set up in a, in a, uh, a kind of a forward operating location type mentality? Yeah. So this is, um, you know, how, it, how it'd be set up in the field. Um, having said that, you know, these are prototypes, uh, working with uh, pavilion for a long time when we yeah. got here, uh, this is the only system that we have in USAFE. There are about seven other other eight units uh, stateside that that have a that you have the similar concept, right? Um, the unique thing about this is it's not really a widget, right? Like I'm not trying to sell you right. a widget with a tent and solar panels like you see. It's a concept. Other other units have used trailers, you know, with the the fabric that slides out. It, it's it's so multi-purpose, and right. only your imagination, you know, limits what you can do with it. But yeah, so this is the actual configuration that we have for Ace here in Europe, um, and getting to brief some some uh, some USAFE leadership there. That's General Dietrich. Uh, he came to USAFE, and we uh, were kind of showcasing. This was actually before Spark Tank, uh, so we were showcasing some of the capabilities uh, that we were trying to offer. And as you can tell, the the interesting thing is even here. Um, you know, this was in the winter, and if you've ever been to you know kind of this region of Germany in the winter. It's not always the best uh, best of weather, right? But uh, we actually powered a, a a defense threat or defense threat reduction agency Ditra exercise um, just before Thanksgiving, and we ran the whole exercise off the grid, uh, power wise. Wow! And yeah, we actually got a half inch of snow that day, and we still made one hundred percent of the power requirements uh, for for the site using the technology. So. But yeah, Thank I know you. there's a there's a few other pictures in the slide deck, but yeah, mm -hmm. this is how it would be set up. 
and um, and real quick, real quick, I'll just I'll, I'll just say in case for anybody who's listening right now, shameless plug. If you're wanting to see the pictures, you can see the pictures. You just got to go over to YouTube, just search Morpheus or Disruptive AF, uh, and you'll find uh, the video of this. Uh, if you want to see those pictures, and it's totally worth it because as we're looking at these pictures, uh, it really does. It brings it to life. It brings the understanding to life more of of what you're seeing and what you're looking at. So, uh, Brent, back to you because I know that you are getting ready to, to explain some of the inverter battery capability that we're looking uh, at on the on the pictures. Yeah. So, it, in short, you know, it has an inverter which will actually take that battery power and turn it into AC power, turns that DC power into AC power. But the inverter is actually really smart. And so what it does is, is it will use all the solar energy that it can collect first. And then if there's still like a, a deficit there, it'll actually pull that energy from the battery system. And what you don't see in the photo and is coming with our prototype here, hopefully in the next uh, about three weeks to a month, is instead of having this big generator that sits there and runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, that, that bandwidth of how much fuel it burns is very small. Um, whether it's fully loaded or it's completely empty. And so the idea or the concept was, you know, in this day and age, people have put like electronic fuel injection and turbocharged, and there's so many different ways you can try to, you know, extend that fuel usage. But our concept was, let's just get rid of it all together and only use a generator yeah. when we have to. And so it has a little camping generator like that would be on an RV. And so as the batteries get low, uh, say it's like, you know, a super cloudy day for three, four days on end, you know, the batteries are depleting, the inverter will actually automatically start that little camping generator, bring it online, recharge the batteries, and then it turns itself off. And it takes about two and a half hours to uh, recharge that system. So, you know, you go from wild. on a typical, yeah, on a typical exercise, we would burn, uh, you know, about three to 500 gallons of diesel. And even in some of these winter months, we've had uh, some of the field tests that Matt and I have done with, with some other exercises. You know, we really think that we can get that down to about 30 gallons ish, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. About 30 gallons of gasoline for the same the same exercise. So that's amazing. You know, as, as yeah. we talk as we talk about this, because the the this is one of the things that I think is really important to keep in mind, especially just innovation wise, is it there is a requirement of this technical knowledge and understanding to be able to know the full capacity of how you can use something, how you can use it moving forward in the mission set because how many times has it happened i mean i can think of many times just from my experiences where you get a technology or you get a capability and it's like what do i do with this <laughs> like yeah. how what is it able what is it able to do how do i know what this is and that's one of the really really cool things i think uh lis listening to you about this is not only the technical aspect of it but realizing by knowing that detail, by uh, having leadership that invests into somebody taking the time to learn the full capacity of what technical and operational ability is, you can see other use cases that expand out across outside of your mission set and into other places. And this is where I want to ping, ping back over to Matthews is when you look at this capability, because this is really the second time, second kind of major, uh, probably more than that, but uh, second major innovation push you've had kind of in the spark tank arena and what that looks like. How do you see this moving forward, not just for arc water, but just the in-depth knowledge that, that, uh, that, Brent has that the team has the understanding of this and it, what what is the going forward challenge and where do you see that going knowing the technical aspect and the operational necessity of it 
That's a very good question, Trigger. Um, so I would say probably our biggest challenge is a lot of the brain drain that happens within some of our communities of practice. Uh, when many of us in the Air Force, we, we will stay at a job for about two to three, four years, something to that effect, and then we will move on to the next thing. And then yeah. oftentimes a lot of these projects are personality-based, which means that a, a personality is the driving force behind the movement of that project. And right. so if that person is not there, the project enters the valley of death and eventually dies uh, because the genesis is no longer there to explain the why. And so... Uh, part of part of the challenge I think our Air Force and Space Force has at the moment is how do we capture the individuals who are in this innovation sphere and how do we how do we keep them there and how do we allow them to do this if that is what they want to do because maybe they are a one project kind of person but maybe they want to do this kind of thing full time and we should right. not we should not waste this kind of talent uh, in my opinion because complex problem solving is not something that is intuitive. And I'll give you an example. Um, I was giving a class on problem identification training. I was, I was invited to this class and absolutely everybody that was in this class, I would say the median rank in there was captain. And there was a yeah. group of them, which I call the clustered, the cluster of lieutenant colonels, which is, this is not to bad mouth lieutenant colonels or anything to that effect. But when we performed the exercise, the, 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 the simulation, we run a medical simulation that's supposed to um, showcase what a what a normal uh, process is supposed to uh, what a normal air force process would be like and at the end of this simulation each and every one of them fell into the exact same traps that we would expect a an airman that was fresh out of tech school to do and and that's because complex huh. problem solving is not intuitive right it's it's yeah. it's uh, there's actually a sphere it's called the Sinefin framework and it's maybe beyond this beyond the scope of this uh, thing to explain that but needless to say our brains are geared towards simple problem solving whereas complex problem solving is something that's much 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 more labor intensive yeah. but part of that labor intensive is you need the time we cannot surge experience we can't surge any of that stuff we need to have that 10,000 hours in there as was outlined in Malcolm Gladwell's book the 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 outlier yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And so I think that's our biggest challenge. Long story short is is how do we capture and retain individuals who are serious about innovation and who want to stay in the innovation space? Because as we know, yeah, it 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 takes a while to become a master at something. And then yeah. it's the same with innovation. You know, it, it, with you saying that, that's that's one of the four focus areas that we have as Morpheus is this human capital aspect of how do we continue to garner and protect this human capital, the mindset. You'll hear me say it over and over again. I have no shame about it. The greatest weapon system, the greatest tool, the greatest capability we have is right between our ears. And we have to protect that and we have to yeah. continue investing into that capability because that capability is what enables a process to grow, uh, to, to be able to enable just like this in the future generations, if we don't invest into ourselves and create a pathway for us, like who's going to be solving the problems if there's nobody left. So uh, that, that piece, I, I agree with you is huge. Uh, Brent, I feel like you had something to say to that. And then that one question before we depart out of here, I, this always goes so fast. I don't know how this goes so fast, but it always goes so fast. Uh, Brent, you had some, you had something for sure. And then I got a question for you before we wrap up this episode of disruptive AF. Yeah, no, uh, you were talking about kind of me and Matt have talked a lot about this and, you know, uh, it goes back to that culture piece. And my, I guess my question is, is like, why do we wait so long to introduce our airmen to innovation? You know, we, we have all this time with them before we actually turn them loose into, you know, their jobs or their AFSCs. And 
that we've never exposed them to any of the, these ideas or concepts or yeah. pathways that we have for innovation. And I guess, you know, to me, that's a foul. That's a foul on our part, a foul on, on the Air Force, because, you know, it's not going to be Senior Master Sergeant Kenny who's going out there and touching all this stuff. You know, our airmen are coming into the Air Force. They're going to touch everything that we own. Right. Um, right. And so I think, you know, we, we should find a way we should do better. Right. We should find a way to, to get them exposed to these ideas because you never know. It may be day one. And, you know, you have an airman who walks in or a guardian who walks in and they're like, hey, I've, I know I have the answer to this. You know right. what I mean? Right. And, and, you know, they don't they don't even know where to start. You know, all they have is their supervisor or maybe their shop leadership. And they, you know, um, to say, hey, you know, and most of the time it's like, hey, how about you do your CDCs first or you finish your upgrade training first or, you know, you, you, you have that. You know what I mean? You have that, I know, have that yes. avenue to. Exactly. Uh, yes. right. You have that avenue to explain to, to, you know, somebody like Matt, you walk into his office and you're like, hey, I got, I got this great idea. In, and he's not going to care. You know, like you said before, he's there to, to help those projects along. So yeah. I think that would be that would be a huge game changer as we look to, to the Air Force of 2030. You know, my my uh, uh, I, I did the DVP program, which is the Defense Ventures Fellowship, which was for me, it was life changing because it opened my mind to how the commercial industry values talent and mindset uh, and capability. And I'm not saying that we don't value that as a military. I'm just saying we have uh, we have a lot of things we need to work on and how we show that and how we project that and how we get that early on, just like you were talking about. But one of the things that totally changed my perspective completely about not undermining somebody's age uh, and confusing their age with their capacity and their capability was when we were doing evaluations on some of the startup company portfolios. One of, one of the kids, uh, I, sorry, I say kid, he was 16 years old. <laughs> And he had to have a parental sign off to be able to be part of this pitch because he was one of the brains behind the, this startup company. It was like, is this, is this for real right now? Like this is right now, this high school student is having parental sign off to be able to do a multi-million dollar pitch for a startup company that he's doing. Yeah, it was very real. So I'm with you. Why would we be focused? Why would we make the mistake of assuming, making this, assumption we all know what that does making this assumption that people don't have this capacity or knowledge or capability just because of of what we perceive their position their knowledge and their experiences it, it's it's one of the greatest mistakes we can possibly make uh i'll, I'll leave that there Did anybody else have anything else before i ask my last question yeah yeah uh, I absolutely did, I did yeah have one thing though too yeah. There, there is most certainly a bandwidth issue when it comes to um innovation senseis if you can call it that because a position like mine exists like i am one person working mm -hmm. uh 10 locations five countries about five thousand people which means right. pareto distribution wise we can only really work on the stuff that uh that really matters big picture wise so this is why project arc water got a lot of attention is because it can impact uh the return on investment is is yeah. very large but I am very conscious and sometimes I feel like I am not doing my job as an innovation manager and as a mentor and as a sensei. It, it, we're supposed to be working on that grassroots level, not on these major projects. And so right. this is again why I hearken back to if we're serious about this, if this is if innovation is our Air Force goal, then we need to put some serious resources and thoughts into this moving forward. Right. And we are, we are, we're heading in the right direction. It's just when we move a machine as large as the United States Air Force, 
you know, it's, it's going to take a little bit. Right. Absolutely does. Okay. Okay. Guys, uh, here's the, here's the question. What's next for arc water? Uh, fast lightning round. Here it is, lightning round. What's next for Arcwater? You guys were the Spark Tank winners. Everybody knows that there's article after article written about you. You got the awesome glam shots. Uh, the amazing, you know, if you go to YouTube, you see the pictures of the technology, the capability. You guys got the backing, the support to do it. But here is the what a lot of people say. Here's the real hard work because now it's how do you actually sustain this? Winning a trophy doesn't mean there is palmed money for it. Uh, and, and the, you know, I mean, here's the, here's the hard part. Here's the challenge part. How do we take this? So what's next for Arcwater? Because I know I'm not the only one so curious of saying, okay, this is obvious. We need this. We need this. Ace needs this capability. What's next? Yeah. So I think, uh, and kind of the running theme of this whole story is I'm lucky to have so ma uh, lucky, so lucky to have Matt with me on this journey because you know, for me, I, I've kind of kept pushing forward to how do we make uh, arc water faster and better. Um, and so actually for the atmospheric water harvester, we're going to submit an STTR, STT, STTR uh, to, to pair with the university. And they have a concept for different components that are in there. They'll actually reduce the power requirement almost by half. So that, you know, potentially instead of that 10 to 14 days that we could run, we could maybe even extend that out even further as we reduce the power consumption inside those components um, and continue to refine uh, and make the components that are existing even better or potentially use different technologies in the same concept to to kind of push our quarter forward wow wow that's uh th that's sounds like an undertaking honestly uh matt what do you have to say about it what do you think? What do you think is next? What's going to be the greatest challenge for oh. you? The biggest thing is decoding how the life cycle management component works, in my opinion, because that is a bureaucratic labyrinth. And what works for one project won't necessarily work for other projects because there are different layers of jurisdictions. There's different stakeholders um, and, and just trying to identify them is fascinating there's there's a couple stories i could tell you which i which is probably beyond the scope of this podcast where where projects were just stopped dead because some yeah. approval authority materialized out of nowhere right and they needed to like do things and you're right. like how are you even involved in this like what little cubby <laughs> right. hole did you come out of right and but that's just the nature of the bureaucracy that we work in right right mm -hmm. So right. that's the that's the part that we've got to do is we we have to figure out we have to map the path and then we can go the path and that makes it easier experience from last year's spark tank and then the spark tank prior to that right what what yeah. happened with project mercury what happened with viper kit what happened with this one and all that is a process and so hopefully by next year we'll be able to do it a little bit faster and then so on and so forth right Gentlemen, I cannot thank you enough for your time being with us here today on Disruptive AF. Truly, you guys are the disruptors out there. You're making it happen. Brent Matthew, thank you so incredibly much for bringing your knowledge, for fighting the good fight of getting the products, capabilities, mindset, process uh, out there for people to use where they need it the most. Uh, thank you so incredibly much. Again, if you have any interest at all, you can go to the links that are down, whether you're on YouTube or if you're watching this on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever it is, you can go there, click the links to find out more specifically about Arcwater and this amazing team and the article 
going over to uh, to uh, talking about specifically the Spark Tank winners and the other competitors. Because listen, you guys were the winners, but there was a lot of great, great projects that, that were out there. Truly, truly. So congratulations again, friend. Guys, thanks so much for being with us today. Truly appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Trigger. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Absolutely, guys. Listen, if you missed the video version of this, you should go over to YouTube right now. Literally, Morpheus, that's the way to be able to do it. If you haven't done it yet, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you get the notifications when we are on live because we are live streaming often throughout the week, multiple times, not only for Winning Wednesdays, but also Phil Fast Fridays. And you'll get the notifications of when we have podcasts released just like this. So my friends, Thank you for tuning in right here, Disruptive AF. Subscribe, hit like, hit the bell, throw your comments in the sections below. We'll see you later.